The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Now, if you're listening to the AI Today podcast for the first time, the AI Today podcast is the place to go to hear interviews with AI thought leaders, insights into AI market trends and adoption in the public and private sectors, and conversations on key topics focused on what's happening with AI today and in the future. Over the last four years and over 175 episodes, we've interviewed some incredible influencers in the AI space and thought leaders in industry, government, and research, including Ben Gertzel of SingularityNet and Sophia Robot, Colin Angle, founder of iRobot, Anthony Scrifignano, who is a senior vice president and chief data scientist at Dun & Bradstreet, Igor Perisic, who is the chief data officer of LinkedIn, Suzette Kent, U.S. federal CIO, Jose Arrieta, CIO of Department of Health and Human Services, Lord Tim and Clement Jones of the U.K. House of Lords, key people at the OECD, and many, many more. We also spent time on this podcast explaining key insights into the AI and cognitive technology markets, explain how different industries are applying AI across the seven patterns of AI, and emerging concepts in AI and machine learning. Long story short, if you want to understand how AI is being put into practice today and where it is heading, make sure to subscribe to the AI Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider and listen to our over 175 episodes. Yes. So we definitely have a lot of episodes and many incredible podcasts. So please do listen. But in today's episode, we wanted to spend some time going over a recent report that we published. As many of you know, who've been listening to our podcasts for some time, Ron and I are both with Cognolytica, which is an AI market intelligence and education firm. Our recent report that we just published centers around machine learning platforms. So we wanted to spend some time on this podcast today to go over some highlights from this report. The report covers the tools and technologies to enable development of machine learning models. So if you're interested in getting a full copy of this report, it's available for free to all of our subscribing clients, and you should have gotten an email about that. And it can also, if you're not a subscribing client, it can be purchased on our site for a small fee. So I will link to it in the show notes, but I also encourage you to go to cognolytica.com, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com so that you can um, check out the report if you're interested in that. But like I said, we wanted to spend some time today going over some of the key findings that we found in the report. So machine learning systems are core to enabling each of the seven patterns of artificial intelligence. So we talk about these a lot. It's conversational pattern, the recognition pattern, hyper-personalization pattern, goal-driven systems pattern, the patterns and anomalies pattern, predictive analytics and decision support patterns, and... um, Autonomous systems. <laughs> an autonomous systems. Sorry, okay. I got to jump in on that one. Yeah. Yes, and autonomous systems. So, you know, we, we talk about the seven patterns a lot because it's a really great way to think about artificial intelligence so that we're all kind of talking on the same page. And the, um, you know, machine learning platforms facilitate and accelerate the development of machine learning models. It helps provide functionality and then it combines many necessary activities for model development and deployment. So, in our recent 
Machine Learning Platform's 2020 report, we evaluate five major categories of solutions that provide machine learning development capabilities. And then we'll be spending some time today going over those five in a little bit more detail. Right. So fundamentally, the question that we're trying to answer this report is, if you had to build a machine learning model today, let's say, what choices do you have for the technology or solutions that you would use to build that machine learning model? And the thing about it is that actually there are a variety of ways you can go about creating machine learning models. There actually is not one answer. Um, right. And, you know, that maybe isn't, you know, counter to maybe what you might be hearing. You know, in the marketplace, there's a lot of vendors are out there, you know, spinning that their technology solution or platform is the way to build a machine learning model. But there really are many different ways and they all have, uh, they all depend on kind of where and how you want to use the model, your skill and expertise you have within your team of building models, and just in general, uh, how complete of the life cycle, as it were, uh, that you want to go into, into into building these machine learning models. So at the high right. level, go ahead, Kathleen, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, and you know, we thought that it was important to break that down in this report, because like Ron said, there can be some vendor spin and vendor hype. And, you know, there really is no one platform that rules them all. And it depends on the skill sets that you have on your team, the resources that you have available, and then a variety of other factors that really come into play when determining, you know, what machine learning platform you should use. And so we wanted to to spend some time on a report and then in our in our podcast today to go over that. Because like Ron said, you know, don't don't be fooled basically, and let people sell you something that maybe you don't need or isn't a good fit for your organization. Mm -hmm. So at the high level, there's really five primary ways. If you had to go about creating a machine learning model today, you really have five primary choices. Um, the one, one level is what's called machine learning toolkits. So if you already have expertise within your team, if you already have knowledgeable data science people, if you have machine learning engineers, if you already have some experience with uh, some programming languages of Python and R and various languages like that, there have been toolkits that have been produced both by the academics, uh, you know, organizations as well as major companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, you know, all these companies have produced these toolkits. Uh, Amazon, I don't want to forget anybody, you know, there's lots of others that basically they've put out there as open source that you can, if you know what you're doing, you can basically create machine learning models. And these machine learning models cover the full range of what you'd want to do. So you have supervised machine learning models for doing things like recognition or other applications where you want to train the machine learning model using good data, right? Labeled data. You may also use some of these machine learning toolkits to produce unsupervised learning models. That's for things like clustering and other things where you want the, the system to discover and identify and find patterns in the data, right? And then, of course, we have reinforcement learning, which is machines that can learn through trial and error. There are toolkits that can do each of these things. There are toolkits that can specialize even in specific algorithms like deep learning, which is very complicated to uh, implement. So if you have a toolkit that will help you do it, uh, that's what these are for. That's one level. But you have another set of characters. Let's say you don't really have that expertise. Let's say you don't really know how to use those tools. You don't know how to set them up. You have companies that have created sort of more full solution sets, machine learning platforms that can do everything from automatically selecting algorithms for you and tuning those algorithms, automatically helping you prepare the data, automatically helping you, you know, manage your, your models and just deal with the whole life cycle from start to finish. 
Um, and these are for folks who do maybe have already have a data science team, but you know want to make people more effective and efficient and not constantly do all the low level stuff all the time, or for folks who have um, you know maybe less uh, of a data science team and may may need some extra help. The third category are what's called analytics solutions. These are companies that have been around for, in some cases, decades doing statistics and probability and big analytics and charting and graphing and solutions across big data. You know, you may be familiar with some of these vendors. I won't mention them here. They're, they're, they're sort of commercial vendors that have been in the space since the 60s, the 70s, right? Um, and right, right. Yes, for many decades. Yeah, and they, and they allow you, you can use their platforms perfectly well to build machine learning models. Uh, and they work. And then you have sort of a third, a fourth category here, which is really not maybe a separate category. It's just combined a lot of times with machine learning toolkits, and that's data science notebooks. You can actually create and build machine learning models inside of a data science notebook environment, which is a collaborative, uh, develop, if you will, a data science development and sharing environment where you can test and experiment on different uh, uh, algorithms and use data and, and kind of iterate and build a model that gets you to certain points. It's a good place, especially for trying to, you know, figure out, you know, what the best model is and the best algorithm to use. And the fifth category are the cloud providers. You know, these providers have, who have who built machine learning as a service in the cloud, they have infrastructure as a service. They have platforms as a service. They have tons of things that a lot of which has nothing to do with machine learning, but has everything to do with everything else in addition to machine learning. And they've built very specific machine learning capabilities with pre-trained models. That's sort of like the everything there, and you don't even have to own your own servers to do it, right? So that's what we see is like the five big categories, right? Right. And we thought it was important to break this down and go further in detail in the report in each of these, because it helps understand each of these in more detail. And then in addition to that, we have some um, some images and graphics and charts that we worked up as well that, you know, compares at a high level or outlines um, at a high level what some of these do. So, you know, how, how do you look at and compare machine learning toolkits? And how do you look at and compare machine learning platforms so that you can help determine which one is right for you? Also, if you're looking at, you know, cloud-native machine learning as a service offerings, when should you determine if that's, you know, the right path to go down versus something else? So we, we spend a lot of time in the report with that as well and with our subscribing clients to go over that. But in addition, this report looks at emerging automated machine learning tools, also called AutoML, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, because AutoML helps perform many of the complicated tasks needed for successful machine learning model creation automatically and with little user intervention, which is important because it can help speed things up or depending on the skill sets that you have on your team. So, you know, so so that was one of the key findings that we have. Now, at Cognolytica, we've talked about this a lot in, in some of our podcasts. We track over 20,000 vendors in the AI space, which is a lot of vendors. Um, and they run the range of, you know, very small vendors to large um, to large vendors that some are public. So for this specific report, we tracked over 100 vendors, including machine learning model development. So this report was very robust in what we looked at and uh, companies that we felt did or did not um, fit into the inclusion in this report. Yep. So 
So part of the, that's part of the reason why we wrote this report. I mean, in general, uh, you know, it's very confusing to understand what's happening in the AI landscape in the AI market because. First of all, uh, the vendors themselves don't do the greatest job explaining. Uh, quite honestly, they don't do a really good job explaining their products. If you go to some of these companies' websites and you read what they do, it, it's not even clear to those who who already understand AI and machine learning what it is that these companies do. And for those that don't understand AI and machine learning, it's, it's probably almost impossible to really understand what they do. And I, th I think that's... that's um, helped and hurt the industry. I think, uh, you know, you have a lot of uh, investors that are investing in the space, and sometimes maybe they don't fully understand completely what they have invested in. But even in the case when they do, I think part of the other reason is that these companies themselves keep changing or expanding what they do. Yeah. You have you have vendors that maybe have focused on a very particular thing, like they only do, let's say, automated machine learning, where they will help you do algorithm selection. The next thing you know, after maybe a couple hundred million dollars raised, they've acquired, you know, four or five companies. Now, all of a sudden, they're doing this, this full life cycle, you know, everything from data preparation all the way to machine learning model management. So, you know, how do you, you know, how does a company like that describe themselves, you know? You know, on on the other on the other side, you have some uh, vendors which are honestly having a hard time uh, competing in this increasingly noisy market, uh, and that's the other thing. This market is becoming increasingly noisy, and Kathleen will share some of the insights on the market and the market size and things like that. Mm -hmm. But but basically, this market is so noisy that you have some companies that are starting to no longer, I would say, sell their tools to be used by anybody. And instead, they're using the tools themselves to build solutions. So they're going to be like, yes, I know that you could buy our tool maybe in the past to build your own models, but really, we want you to hire us as a company. And we know how to use our own tools. And so therefore, we're just going to build the solution for you. And that's confusing because that's not helpful if you want to build the model yourself. And you're like, well, I don't want to use your services. I just want to do it myself. And sometimes it's actually become, for some of these companies, becoming less and less possible to do that. Right. So, you know, that's why I, I, we also think it's important to write reports about this because people need to be understanding that. And like Ron said, you know, we understand that things are fluid and constantly evolving and companies are evolving as well. So they may not always be able to keep up with how they describe themselves on their website. Um, and also maybe there's some confusion even about how they want to position themselves as well. So this market is a fairly large market, and we expect it to grow even more. So Cognolytica sees the market for machine learning platforms as about $23 billion in 2019, but it will be growing to about $126 billion by 2025. That's what we're projecting. So that represents about a 33.73% compound annual growth rate. So this market is fairly large now, but we're expecting it to grow even farther within the next five years. Yeah. So um, that's gigantic, right? So people are spending about 20, <laughs> 23 billion. I mean, but it makes sense. People are spending about $23 billion right now making machine learning models across all of those those toolkits. What we're saying is that, that not, not toolkits, but across all those different uh, ways of building machine learning models, those five primary ways. And, you know, we say it's like, yeah, it's going to grow by a factor of six, right? From 23 to 126, you know, in the next five years. 
Um, but that also makes sense because if you look at sort of how people are putting AI into practice, people are building models left and right to do everything, right? They're building models okay. for insurance. They're building models for chatbots. They're building models for all those seven patterns that Kathleen mentioned earlier, you know, to do all those things. You need a machine learning model. You probably need many machine learning models. So your investment in tools is definitely uh, definitely growing, and we see, we're, de- right. we're seeing that in the market. So it's, it is a hot space, <laughs> but it is bound for some oh, consolidation. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about kind of what this is going to look like in five years. Yep. So another insight that we found from the report is that there'll be continued expansion of machine learning platform capabilities spanning functional areas that are not yet common across all platform providers. So basically, I mean, we said that this was a a big market. It's growing into an even bigger market, which means that people are going to need, you know, continued and expansive capabilities in these systems. So we're we're expecting that to grow. Um, but another key insight that we found is that we, we are predicting that there's going to be an accelerated consolidation of the machine learning platform market with the pace of acquisitions, mergers, and IPOs increasing in the years ahead. So as Ron had alluded to earlier, you know, some of these these companies are quite large and raising lots of money and they are acquiring other companies. So there's some consolidation that's going to happen because of that. Also, there's some niche players in the market that maybe focus on just one little area and we don't see how they can be standalone companies moving forward in the years ahead. We think that they're going to get acquired and brought into um, other companies as kind of a, a tool or core feature, but not necessarily a standalone company. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, you know, those two last predictions kind of go hand in hand. You know, as these machine learning platforms continue to expand, which is what Kathleen was talking about, you know, they're just going to do more and more things. So you buy, maybe you buy solution from provider A and you might think, okay, well, I, you know, right now in order to do all the things I need to do, let's think about all those things. And we talk about this as part of the, um, we talk about our methodology, for example, CPMAI, which is the methodology for doing AI machine learning projects. You'll know that you have to do a whole lot of things to, to make AI projects happen. It's not just about building the model. As a matter of fact, that's phase four out of six. You still have three phases before that. And one of those has to do with you got to collect your data, you have to clean your data, you have to prepare your data. That's phase three. And phase two, you have to even do a data identification, figure out where things are. And of course, you have to do phase one first, which is understand what the business requirements are. And so if you think about all the things you need to do to build a machine learning model, which has to do with like from data identification and preparation and collection all the way to building the model, then then you have phase five and phase six, which has to do with evaluating the model, making sure that the model works. And then phase six is operationalizing the model, which is basically getting the model out into production and using it, and of course, and managing it as the model is being used. Well, you might... In the in the course of having to do all that, if this was like two or three years ago, you might have had five, six, seven different technology vendors in there. One that just just does data prep. One that just <laughs> does model selection. One that just does you know model evaluation. Even one that does model operationalization. One that does model management. Well, uh, you know, increasingly it's becoming less and less of a collection of vendors and becoming more consolidated. This is the rush. This is sort of like what's happening in the market. 
And as a result of that, yeah, no doubt, you have some companies that have raised a lot of money that are going to be acquiring other companies that have, have maybe raised less money. <laughs> Everybody doesn't, nobody, yeah. nobody wants to be the loser, right? Nobody wants to be the loser in this market. And and so to, to not be the loser, you have to kind of be, you know, the last one standing. And that that's what's happening in this space. So if you're buying tools, prepare for a, a, a 2020 with lots of acquisitions, lots of people going public, maybe some companies just giving up and kind of pivoting, you know, which is what people do. So th- this is going to happen, yep. right? So 2021 is going to be the year to look look forward and see what happens. Yeah, stay tuned for our, our forecast on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a podcast coming up on that too. And then another another key insight that we found is that there's going to be increasing inclusion of machine learning operations, also called MLOps capabilities, within existing machine learning platform solutions as the scope of machine learning platforms continues to expand. So we had a report that came out in early 2020 on MLOps, and we will be updating that report in early 2021 um, that will go over, you know, the market in more detail for machine learning operations. But we've seen in these platforms, you know, as people continue to build models, they need to manage the models and they need to have governance in place and versioning and, you know, who gets access to what and how do we, how do we share this as organizations? So we see that the um, inclusion of machine learning operations is just going to be the next extension in these machine learning platforms. Yep. So, um, you know, this is really part just to share some of our insights with you, our great listeners. And we love to do this with all of our research. We know that we, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, we have to, you know, do well with our clients and our customers. And, you know, we are an analyst firm. And so we have to, you know, provide analysis and support our analysis customers. But we also really want to support you, our listeners. And so this is part of why we share a lot of this is just to give you some insights to, to, to maybe get you thinking a little bit about kind of where these markets are going and maybe, and maybe also even challenge your preconceived notion that there is one way to do it. And as we mentioned, there's five ways to do it. And not only way, and by do it, I mean by making machine learning, building a machine learning model. And the <laughs> yeah. thing about this, they're not even mutually exclusive. So for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you if you get one of these all-inclusive machine learning platforms that can do everything from data prep to machine learning model management and everything in between, you might find that the, the part that builds the machine learning model, the actual model development, is probably using, can be using, uh, a machine learning toolkit. So machine learning platforms and machine learning toolkits, they're not mutually exclusive. The same thing, a lot of these platforms use data science notebooks, and a lot of the data science notebooks use machine learning toolkits. And a lot of the cloud providers use machine learning toolkits, and a lot of the cloud providers use data science notebooks. So it's not like it's even mutually exclusive, like, oh, I'm going to use a data science notebook, therefore I, I can't use a, a cloud provider. No, it's like you you every tool has its right... Uh, purpose. And every tool has its right, you know, audience, you know, it's like for the right group, you know, use the right tool for the right job with the right group, with the right set of people that know how to use that tool. Um, a good analogy that I, that I always use, and you know, Kathleen and I, when like we were sort of digging through this report, we were explaining it, you know, in part to ourselves is like, you know, think about all these as like tools in your toolbox. You know, if you have like a hardware tools, you have hammers and you have saws and you have drills and you have all this sort of stuff. And, you know, the, the person who's experienced will know 
what the right tool is and how to use it for that job to basically accomplish it. And we'll accomplish a job very quickly. But the but somebody who's less knowledgeable might use the wrong tool, use a sledgehammer to drive a nail. You know, will that work? Yes. Uh, is that the right thing to do? Probably not. You know, use a screwdriver to take a nail out of the wall. Maybe people have done that. Maybe you find yourself doing that. It's not the right tool for the job. <laughs> there are other tools that are better at doing that. You know, whether it's the backside, the claw of the hammer, or, you know, maybe the pry bar. So there's like lots of other things you can use, right? And maybe you have a wall that you don't want to damage. So maybe you should be thinking about how best to use that tool. Well, anyway, this is the same sort of situation here. It's just like, you know, Data scientists who are familiar in the context of doing experiments will probably want to use a data science notebook because that is their area of experience. You don't want to be making people use tools that they're not comfortable with. But that does not mean that it's mutually exclusive with, like, let's say the rest of the team has decided to use a cloud provider to do machine learning training and the management and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, just make sure the data science notebook that this group is is happy to use is in that tool. Same thing, you may have machine learning engineers who are really happy with a particular toolkit. You know, they use, say, PyTorch or TensorFlow or or MXNet or something to build deep learning models. And like, well, I know you chose this machine learning platform provider, but I really like using this toolkit. Well, those machine learning platform providers probably support that tool. And so just make sure it's part of your evaluation that that happens. So that, so I think this is, this is sort of our overall. And we provide a lot more detail, like a lot of that, like, if, then, choose this. That is what we spend some time talking about in the machine learning report, uh, the machine learning platforms report that is out. Um, the machine learning, op, mm -hmm. the ops space, we actually did a separate report on what's happening in ML ops. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that separate report and then an update to that report that's coming up. So you'll hear about that on a future podcast as well. Yeah. So we do have a podcast um, back from early 2020 that we went over key findings from our machine learning operations report, but we will be updating that in early 2021. So stay tuned for that. It talks about the ML ops space, key vendors in the space, key um, market insights on where that space is right now and where it's headed. So we encourage you to to listen to that podcast and keep an eye out for the, the upcoming report. We also have an event coming up, the Machine Learning Lifecycle event that's taking place January 26th through 28th, 2021. So as always, it's free to attend. So we encourage you to check it out. You can go to mllifecycleconf.com. That's mllifecycleconf.com and register for free. You can also see some of the um, keynote speakers that we have, some of the sessions that are up. And as well, we will have uh, many on-demand sessions just like we had for our Data for AI conference as well. Instead of being five days, this time it's only three days. So it's January 26th through 28th, as I had mentioned. Uh, but the event will be up afterwards as well. We understand that not everybody's able to attend sessions live due to time constraints or time zone issues. And I know that we have a very international audience, which we love, but it's hard to get everybody to join in in live at the same time. So the content will be available as long as you're registered so that you can watch it for a few months after the event as well. So we definitely encourage you to check out that event and make sure to register. We will have some upcoming podcasts discussing the event in more detail, as well as interviewing some of the speakers from the event. We've had a few that have um, that have already been on the podcast and a few that are coming up. So they should make for a really uh, great podcast and we encourage you to listen to them. But listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We, we talked about key findings from our machine learning 
Platforms 2020 report. And again, I will link to that in the show notes. But if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform, as well as subscribe. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to that report. We also encourage you to go to our Cognolitica.com website as well. And we also encourage you to check out additional episodes on AIToday.live. As we mentioned, we have over 175 podcast episodes, so some really great content there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.